No, what we did was we started rehearsing content. That's so uh, technically, it's true. Um, I so uh, I uh, hey, hello, everyone. hey, is is your finger on the button? Uh, no, you said. Um, so we're gonna try that one again. Take two. Hey, is your finger on the button? No, it's not. Not yet. It was. I pressed it, and now we're recording. 
See, I didn't uh, I improvised. Improvised that one. I didn't rehearse that. Seamless. Although it sounds like we should have. No, I mean, you know, again, for, for all everyone knows, that that gaff was actually just part of our rehearsal. That's true. Maybe we rehearsed a gaff into it. Maybe we're that good of actors. See, that's that actually you can't tell the difference. That's mm. exactly what I was trying to present. Yes. And how about this? Well, we'll get there. Let's let's get there slowly. Let's start at the beginning so people know what we're talking about. Anyway, I looked it up because we're not cheating at part at bar trivia, but the My Finger is on the Button song mm -hmm. was indeed the Chemical Brothers, and it was indeed okay. Galvanize, and it was used probably in a variety of car and or sneaker commercials back in when did it come out? 2011? Yeah. Mm. No, wait, hold on. Let me double check that. Yeah. Open. I am opening a delicious Coca-Cola uh, cherry beverage. Um, I am drinking a, yeah, 2011. I am drinking a Pomple Mousse LaCroix. I love it. So the know, beverage of my choice. My favorite flavor of LaCroix, actually. People at home can now have a two-dimensional podcast if they wanted. They could cover our flavor sense and uh what we're saying so that's that's two senses that's pretty good that's more than most podcasts offer um on thirdly uh if you want to engage your visual senses i was indeed watching the video to galvanize on mute because yeah. i can just like i can kind of fill in the song in my head because i'm that talented and kathy is in front of <laughs> what looks like an ancient aliens pyramid situation and i am um there's a fan behind me on the ceiling that's what you can kind of see. Uh, this is my have... 2001 monolith from the Kubrick movie. <gasps> okay. It's my Zoom background. Okay. It's one of my many Zoom backgrounds. This is how you know I'm a consummate professional at work. Yeah. yeah, it looks like maybe I'm at like the pyramids of Giza when I'm sitting in the middle of it, right? Like, go, oh, Kathy's serious. She likes into she's into history, Ancient right? Aliens but then, fan, yeah. But then when I walk away from the computer, you see immediately <laughs> that. Um, oh no, I'm actually a you're a, a film dipshit. And you like uh, that that song that. <laughs> That galvanized that song. song. No, yeah. And what is that? Oh. What is that 2001 song? It has a name. Oh. Z Z um, thus spoke Z Z thus Zarathustra. Zarathustra. There we go. Yeah. There was my, uh, for, I saw that in a Jeopardy episode when I was a child. And for some reason, it never came from my brain. I knew that fact before I'd even seen the movie or heard that song. Because it was such a bizarre... It's a, it, you know, thing. it's based on a book, if mm. you can believe it. So, you know, back back before... So, like, a film dipshit, you know how, like, whenever it's like, the book is better, yeah. right? So you can now say that about um, the spoke Zarathustra. Okay. I don't, actually, I don't know which, which came first. Because it was a Nietzsche thing. So I think it was Wagner. Wagner would make sense. Let's see who did it. See who did it. Yes, this is this is a beautiful learning experience opportunity. I love this. It's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the Thus Spoke Zarathustra disambiguation. Uh, I'm also oh Strauss Strauss. It was a different guy. Mm. The different. Uh, Yes, and so the the novel came first, and then 
the the uh, symphony or it, it or as I guess Richard Strauss wanted to call it a tone poem. Oh, fucking! What kind of Brian Eno shit is that? Fuck can we you. <laughs> can we just call this podcast a tone poem? Is that <laughs> reality issues? T- a tone poem? Can we call it an atonal poem? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> like, just a monotonous word like ah, just. <laughs> I love it. This yes. Oh, it's the sound of the universe. Did you hear the sound of the universe going viral? <laughs> oh, I no, but uh, I do remember the sound of Saturn. Remember those? They recorded like the sound of Saturn. It was like it sounded like the demon hole. Which <laughs> yeah, this is basically the same thing. Okay. It's just it's like a new, <laughs> new demon just dropped. Oh. This is like their second album. <laughs> new demon just dropped. Space demon. <laughs> Ooh, happy happy Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Hello to everyone. It is Tuesday. It is uh it is uh Tuesday, August twenty third. It's four fourteen PM where I am. I think this is episode twenty. I think. I don't know. No, it's twenty one. And this is season two, episode ten. No? Eleven. Yes. Hello everyone. This is reality. Okay, so I think the I think the black hole sound mm-hmm. mixed in with um the Chemical Brothers is galvanized. Should be our our bumper music somehow. I can work I on don't that. Know. Just, I can work on that. Yeah, we'll can literally just shove them together. Doesn't matter. I will do one that. on top of the other. You know, and then it will be like God's Godspeed you, Chemical Brothers, or something. I'm playing it. Yeah. See, there it is. That's the sound of the universe, everyone. It's also the sound of the Egyptian sarcophagus with the weird water at the bottom of it <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the drink that i love to have every day i just nobody knew this but i i was able to get away with quite a bit of the juice and i i, I take it as a daily supplement to my no like the mummy juice probably tastes better than the cherry blossom Lacroix because that <laughs> shit tastes awful <laughs> <laughs> please tell me please tell me because it is like uh, it's the first flower-based beverage I can think of, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but you're telling me they, bad execution, poor execution. Uh, the, the hibiscus, much better, because I think the hibiscus lime, as far as uh, flower-based uh, drinks from LaCroix go, because, yeah, the cherry blossom, mm, no, the only way I salvaged it was by <laughs> mixing it in with any, literally anything else, so... <laughs> Man, I'm having like some new flavor experiences lately, um, and just uh, just cracking into a a classic a Coca Cola classic cherry flavor. I Sometimes wonder it's not when <laughs> I wonder when Coke is gonna get into the flavored vape business. That's oh, what I very want to soon, know. as soon as it's legal, as soon as they can uh, figure that they like federally in for legal, it. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I would love that. That would be bad. I bought a Dr. Pepper yesterday Uh and forgot to drink it. And now I'm looking forward to having it later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the excitement of my life today, this week, anyway. I, uh... It's true. In my in my life, I'm you know I'm trying to drink less sodas, but I, I do enjoy soda probably more than your average person, just because I, I love it um, as a as a fun vice. Um, no, it's it's it's, it's like yeah, it's like chemically designed to get addicted to. So, yeah, exactly. You know. And I, I and I love the flavor, 
and uh, as long as I have one, I don't lose my mind. So. Uh, what not was like I weed. Thinking about not like you weed know. exactly. Yeah, when I, <laughs> I smoke weed all day, I definitely don't lose my mind. Uh, I wonder how many other musical pieces are based on books. This is a good question. Actually, because I, like I, now I want to go to the like now I want to go to like the Philharmonic or whatever and be like, the book was better. Is Die Flightermouse <laughs> based on a book? The the oh. the opera. See. My best guess is an opera. I, I think there might be another one that I can think of that might be based on something like that. For p people at home, A Die Flighter Mouse was the original opera that Batman went to with his family when the tragedy unfolded, later to be... Uh, you know, very in instructive in, in the, the formation of the Batman. Of course, this was retroactively written as a story, but, you know, it works. Cause it's a it was originally a based on a play. Oh, so okay. close. I remember I read the notes when I went to the opera that time. I sat there for yeah, the yeah, all yeah. five hours and <laughs> read the notes very carefully. No, it's really, it's really, it's really fun. So, yeah, no, that one's based on a play. So, okay, okay. you know. Okay. You know, but not a book. Not you know, book. you'd still have to go. You'd still have to go to the opera and be like, theater was better. You know? <laughs> I'm just looking at this tweet. I'm just going to, I'll sit on that one. Um, <laughs> so let's see. What, what, have, uh, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? That isn't the main thing that we were talking about before we started recording. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. What are the other things, the side things to that? Well, I totally, absolutely watched that Victoria's Secret Angels and Demons documentary yes. you recommended about oh. Lex Wexner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I watched that one. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. What were the things that I think kind of um, stood out to me? Um, um, yeah, I think uh, they're missing of the political moment. Mm. Uh, was was like a theme, right? So like, uh, basically, what in addition to this documentary on which on Hulu um, is a, uh, and it seems to be exclusive to it. I think is produced by the Hulu. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so it kind of dives in into who Lex Wexner is as far as like this being this mogul guy mm -hmm. um, behind Victoria's Secret, The yeah. Limited, all these other fast fashion companies really kind of, and as I think you had mentioned at our last, on our last epi, uh, the guy basically responsible for fast fashion as we know it. Yes. Um, it goes into his relationship with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and how he basically was the, the money behind him. And all of this other weird shit, connections to the CIA, the yeah. Mossad, all, all this other shit. It's a lot of stuff. Um, they, it's deep. For for three episodes, mm -hmm. I felt like it was really meaty. I felt like yeah. I really... Um, I actually had to pause watching it a couple times because I was like, oh, like I'm trying to watch this like in the background of doing shit and I keep wanting to stop what I'm doing to watch this. Yes. And I'm like, no, I actually have like uh, invoices to submit, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I have like actual work to do. So I yeah. let me let me go back to, you know, whatever uh, YouTube, <laughs> you know, whatever. 
that's um, yeah music I, videos or whatever i found myself being very affected by by what was in in the documentary and also it seemed like at, up to this point i believe the best kind of documentary to cover that whole scenario i think just mm-hmm. to like fill you in if you if you weren't aware of the whole epstein scenario if you feel like you've been left out of the information bubble like when it when it came out i think this is a mm-hmm. good this is the best place to go and catch up to like him and the whole kind of situation mm-hmm. not just jeffrey mm-hmm. epstein but the Mm-hmm. And you'll get um, to learn a little bit about fast fashion and Victoria's Secret along the way, which actually you'll learn quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was in that last episode where they were, the, the last episode was really basically talking about the aftermath of Jeffrey Epstein's arrest and conviction and its impact that it had on the company and Lex Wexner and, you know, but it was it was also coming at a at a time which was, you know, this political moment of Me Too and Victoria's Secret, of course, had always been kind of, you know, in that sense. Uh, Victoria's Secret was the hegemony. It was the heteronormativity kind of on display that was essentially what the Me Too movement was a reaction to. Right. Right. So like Victoria's, you know, and and it talks about how eventually Victoria's Secret jumps on that bandwagon or whatever under new management. Right. But like, it's kind of hard. Like you're the reason that whole, I mean, not like by yourself, not single handedly, but yeah, kind of single handedly the reason that, movement came to be so victoria's secret doesn't now get to be like oh we're inclusive and it's like no like you were you were the reason we had to create our club for ourselves you don't now get to say we're being exclusive by y'all doing whatever and i was thinking about this actually because uh uh you know in shopping for lingerie and things of that sort when i think about inclusivity and what that means Mm -hmm. in this day and age right Mm -hmm. like um uh, not just for myself as a femme presenting person but also for men and what that means for what they get to do when people like harry styles are wearing lingerie on the cover of rolling stone being called the fucking most global star they've ever had like one yeah. give me a fucking break but two like I don't know, like Bad but I feel like, uh, I don't know, like Bad Bunny was doing it first, maybe, and Prince was doing it before all of y'all, you know, like, I, I don't know, like just um, Elvis with his lace shirt, even back in yeah. the day, right, with that Baz Luhrmann thing that just came out. Anyway, like, just thinking about that, and like, no, it was like Victoria's Secret, that kind of even more heteronormatized men, and what they were supposed to like, and what they were supposed to find sexy and attractive even if that wasn't right like or i don't know like it was just like you know it it like created toxic masculinity as much as it created like regressive feminist concepts or whatever it's true yeah because part of part of the issue is creating the ruts and the molds that people like fall into and then you know then you're then the stereotype is perpetuating itself but yeah yeah. It's the reason why men will, you know, is that will be on Reddit being like, oh, like I told my girlfriend she needs to lose weight because I still jerk off to Victoria's Secret. Like, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. she she had two kids. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's funny to think about like the world that was designed uh, <laughs> in, in many in many ways. Obviously, I would say obviously many depends on who you are, I suppose, but. 
Um, the issues were created kind of on, on purpose in some ways. Um, factors of a, a system that didn't care about fairness or anything like that from the, from the get-go. Still probably doesn't, but only does out of fear of retribution of some kind. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, I think about this frequently when I think about things like, uh, what do they call it, corporate responsibility, CSR <laughs> or whatever. I think about <laughs> like what the true nature of corporations really is, what they really believe. And what it comes down to is it's essentially the people in the boardroom, what do they collectively believe in a majority. And I have to assume that a lot of the views that they have are not even really their views, but like, this makes financial sense. Our customers will hate us if we don't have this, I don't know. And I always wonder, yeah, like, in that I always sense, wonder in where that sense, I think, versus image people who run it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's kind of, I mean, someone kind of hints at it. Somebody in that documentary at the end is like, and they were captured like former Victoria's Secret employee, and they were like, no, it's not genuine. It's a fucking marketing ploy. Um, yeah. And, uh, there you go. It, like, I mean, and even if it were sincere, like, right? Like, I mean, again, even if it were sincere, it's like, it, it can't be sincere coming from them anymore. Right, like, like your job's done. You're a fucking dinosaur now, Victoria's Secret. Like, you can rebrand and shit, but but it always I don't be know a downhill that... slide. I think from mm -hmm. where they were. Yeah, like I don't think that their brand image will be able to recover in it in that regard. Yeah, and I don't. They're think... just they're they're gonna become Hanes. And the limited brand will never recover from any of that, or, or being attached to to Les Wexner either. Um, mm -mm. which they, they, I mean, as soon as that stuff all became public from, I mean, I remember this, like in reading this in the wall street journal and everything, like as soon as that stuff became public, they cut ties like instantly, you know, he was already like on his way out the door, probably had mm -hmm. some heads up on it was coming down the, what was coming mm -hmm. down, but man, uh, and that's another reason why I think about like what the true nature of what corporations really believe and, and not just from their public mm -hmm. position, but like it, <laughs> It means that they probably, well, obviously, we know this. Remember the documentary even. It's made clear that people in their circle knew about all these things that were going down. Um, enough people knew that it could have been stopped and it wasn't. So, yep. Well, I was I was also struck by, like, that little bit. There was a, a, a little bit of Cindy McCain mm. saying at some interview... Uh, like uh, Jeffrey Epstein was an open secret. Like that's almost like a direct quote of what mm. she said. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, you know, it's in it's in that last uh, episode of the documentary, and she's on video saying it. Right. So like she's saying it's an open secret, and every man in her circle is like, Shh, sh <laughs> yeah. It, you it's, know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like it's like when they catch the brothel on The Simpsons where they're like, oh, yeah, this thing. We didn't know it was here, Marge. I'm surprised she didn't get the treatment that um, uh, that that guy in Congress, the Republican got. Um, God, what was his name? He's already been like uh, blackballed completely. Uh, oh, um, yeah, I forgot. Madison, his name, Madison Cawthorn was his name oh yes but i'm surprised you know he went tried to do the like i'm gonna expose you guys from the inside out and like kind of tried and then instantly got blacklisted from like all power and 
I'm surprised. Well, I think he was trying to do like an expose. I think Cindy McCain just just said, just gaffed, you know, she just said the quiet part out loud. And Mm -hmm. then someone later was probably like, your husband's in those books, lady. (laughs) I I... I don't know if he's in there. I'm going to go ahead and guess that he probably was. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's look up an official list. Let's look up. Hold on, real quick. I'm just gonna type in Epstein flight log list names. How about that? Or use the internet to learn, real quick. I'm gonna turn up the gain on the microphone. There we go. Okay. Hmm. There'll be definitely no pr- Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. got that. Bill Clinton, yeah, classic. Naomi Campbell. We know about that because she's involved in some other. Uh, abuse scandals. Alan Dirsch, of course. Hmm. Lawrence Sumner, who is uh, yeah. Sumner's, who is Summers, I'm sorry. Lawrence Summers, who is trending at this exact moment on Twitter because uh, he's saying some stupid shit and someone is saying, oh, you don't have to respond to him. You can just respond to him with this picture of standing around with Jeffrey Epstein. Here we go. I'm going to continue on the list of uh, celebrities. I'm going to leave one out. Please. I'm going to leave one out, and then I'm going to come back to it at the end. Adam Perry Lang. I don't know who he is. Akon. Uh, shame upon Akon. Wow. How do you wow. even get? In, how do you even get in that ring of people? Uh, yeah, Dershowitz, Alberto Pinto, Alec Baldwin. Nope, oh, that was the name I was supposed to skip. Well, I said Alec Baldwin. <gasps> <laughs> he was on there. It's okay. Anderson Cooper. It's okay. You know how sense. New Mexico feels about him. Exactly. That's probably the connection there. Who knows? <laughs> um, let's see. Courtney Love. Interesting Interesting ride on that one. Um, any other interesting names? Let's see. James Franco. Concerning. Jim Carrey. Hmm, Jimmy Kimmel. Hmm. Wow. Meryl Streep. Pharrell. Damn, Pharrell. Why are you on that plane? You know, I'm going to, you know, here's what I'm also going to say, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like some of them are also trying to give them cover, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in the sense, like... Like, if he had somehow managed to convince, let's say, the guy that was Mr. Rogers in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood or whatever. Right. Right. We would just be like, oh, he was just clout chasing or something. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, like, I would believe that about Mr. Rogers, you know, which seems incredibly far-fetched at this moment. You know, I'm, I, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. Far be it for me to do that. I'm just saying, like, Meryl Streep? No, I mean, she clearly isn't up to anything. Uh, she's clearly just there to, like, uh, I don't know, perhaps entertain some other celebrity person that he wanted to get to somewhere or whatever. I don't think Meryl Streep's yeah, right? up to anything. No. They were just all going, they were just hopping from Martha's Vineyard down yeah. to... They were doing celeb stuff. Yeah. You know, that's what celebs do. But Kevin Spacey, let's let's not think for two seconds that he wasn't up to something. We know he's up to that's something right. from independent sources that have nothing to do with the scenario, so... Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, let's continue. Uh, we watched uh, The Rehearsal, a lovely show 
Uh, I mean, I watch a lot of baseball mostly, but I also watch the end of the rehearsal, something a show that we mentioned before. But I would <laughs> love for us to discuss at some length. Um, yes, Kathy, yes, please. You have more experience with Nathan Fielder and his previous show. Could you explain a little bit about his like previous show to both the audience and me uh, uh, as like pre- yeah. preface for this? Yeah. So in his previous show, Nathan Fielder was. I mean, well, let's start with who Nathan Fielder is. First of all, he's he's a Canadian, and he went to business school, and he graduated from business school with really good grades. Mm-hmm. And that is basically how he introduces himself in his previous show, Nathan for You, where he markets himself as a like business consultant. And he goes to businesses that are struggling and he's like, you know, here's what I think we can do to get more people at the door. It's it's sales, it's service, it's something of that kind, people trying to get clientele, whatever it might be. So uh, name a business, he probably had something to do with it. Um, and some of his more like kind of headline grabbing stunts came from the show, including uh, dumb Starbucks. I do remember which that. Was which was just around the corner from uh where my friend uh where one of my where my best friend in la was living at that time well my best friend at that time when i was living in la um he lived in los Feliz, and we would always go for walks and shit and uh one day we saw this line outside of like this bar that we would regularly go to and we're like hey why are all these people blocking the way to get into the bar (laughs) coffee at this hour this is incredible um and it was just like okay cool i guess i'm not gonna go i i figured it was like some cool pop-up for like a second but like i didn't give a shit i guess right like i don't know like as cool as i think shit like that is right like oh i'm very happy for them that they're having success whoever they were right like i didn't know i didn't care even (laughs) I was, at that moment, I just cared that they were blocking the sidewalk, right? <laughs> yeah. That was that was my existence. and um, But it felt like everyone around there was like they were talking about Banksy. They were talking about it being some like kind of performance art oh. piece. And I was like, and I was like, this shit feels like it's for rubes, man. Like, what are you like? OK, whatever. I'm I'm going to just go over here and get a fucking beer because it's like 2.30 on a Friday afternoon in Los Angeles what are you doing standing in line for fucking coffee? Yeah. Like, there's a whole world out there, right? <laughs> you get coffee anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so... Stand in, like, like I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, maybe this is a me thing. I do not like the concept of standing in line for literally anything. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. not for things as ubiquitous as things like coffee. Yeah. I will not stand... I will not wait at an IHOP for eggs it's just no i'm turning around and leaving and going to some other diner and you know what first of all you won't catch me at the ihop or the denny's in Mm -hmm. the first place i'm just saying right Mm -hmm. if they're like oh 15 minute wait for mediocre pancakes i'm gonna be like no yeah exactly there's probably a place immediately or i'm leaving right so fuck you like they zone restaurants into a single area usually or a couple we'll just go to one of the other ones Yes. Anyway, so basically, this is what turned out had happened, was there was a coffee shop in that area that was struggling to attract customers, more than anything because the owner of said coffee shop was a pretentious dickhead who didn't even have, like, a menu up on the fucking thing. 
Mm -hmm. right? So you walk in and you're like, oh, I guess I'm just supposed to know what to order. But like, the, like, what if I want like a fucking chai vanilla latte, right? Like, and he's going to be like, and get out of my store. Fuck you. Just tell me if I can order it or not. Right. So Nathan comes to help out this fellow and is basically like, oh, like, well, you're having a really hard time getting in customers. Like people don't even really know that you're a coffee shop though. Like there's no real signage. Like you don't even have a menu up there. Like, yeah, you have a thing in the corner, but nobody knows you need to be more obvious. You need a sign like Starbucks. It's like huge. It's green. It's like eye catching. It's like, what if we just called it Starbucks, but as a parody, cause you can't call it that. We'll just use their sign. It's already a good sign. It's eye catching. It's appealing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone already knows they're famous for coffee. You don't even really just, there's so many of them. I'll just grab them because they're coming in. It's basically his premise. Yeah. And, and, and I guess in that sense, he's not false, right? If I'm some asshole. So like, here's, yeah. here's kind of to his point. I lived in, was always in that area all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And never knew that other guy's coffee shop was even there. Yeah, the, I knew that the coffee shop at the Bourgeois Pig was there, right? Like the coffee shop over there, and the one over there, and the one at the fucking the 101 Diner. I don't even know if that place is still there. Who knows? Who cares? What's important is I knew those were there, right? But this other stupid little coffee shop never even knew it was there. So uh, how about that? Moment it was dumb Starbucks though, I knew it was there. Then I was just mad that it was so crowded. But, how how long know. was it before you saw um, the episode? Oh, uh, like maybe like it, it must have been like a year later. Okay. Wow. Or maybe more or something. I mean, I, I feel like, it, it, but like most things, people are like, oh, did you see that episode of Thing that filmed in LA? I'm like, everything films in LA. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Things like, you just... don't think film in LA do. That's it's Hollywood over there. <laughs> we'll see. Like in that, well as a kind of for contrast to say that in new mexico like oh that filmed in new mexico yeah. Like, yeah there's quite a few projects here but they're still kind of unique and so then it's like oh shit reservation dogs did some bits here just... in new mexico and in arizona mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. badass you i was know? just like, gonna yeah. say that uh reservation Ray, dogs. i think filmed out here oh, too damn it yes kathy that was literally the next word out of my mouth i was gonna say pray by my beloved um podcaster turned director um Daniel Trachtenberg, who I'm a, such a huge fan of. He's like, oh, if I could meet someone in Hollywood, just to like meet them and talk to them for a while, I'd be him. Just because I wanted, to, well, I've met him a couple times before at Comic-Con, just going to like a podcast panel back at 10 years ago. Actually, let me tell you a quick story. We once exchanged messages over Twitter because uh, he couldn't get, I had two tickets to go to Comic-Con, two passes. A friend couldn't go with me. I tried to get my pass to him because even as, a, as an exhibitor, who, someone who was going to be on a panel like presenting his own show, somehow had foiled up the process of like getting a ticket. And I was going to <laughs> somehow uh, get him uh, a pass and figure out how to get some identification for him to like match up with it so that he could like get into his own panel. And uh, he ended up figuring it out anyway. But I... It's always loved having that funny exchange. Uh, who is now a famous, you know, he's made two. He made a Ten Cloverfield Lane as well. Yeah. Um, love that movie. Uh, That's exciting. I had yeah. no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he also. I made, haven't even seen Prey yet. I've, I've been like. I haven't seen it yet either. It. I'm saving it because like I kind of want to like do the whole retrospect, you know, because I feel like 
that's what is necessary. But man, yeah, it, it looks uh, it looks really cool. Um, I'm I was very glad to find out it filmed in New Mexico. Um, and I wonder if I would have continued my education if I would have ended up on that set because that would have been the tier of thing I would have ended up at. And I believe it was somehow I think it was filmed around Santa Fe specifically. So fun. Well. Well, lots of shit's filming out here now. All I know is that every once in a while in the newspaper and in the, like, reporter and things like that, they'll be like, oh, New Mexico Film Office just <laughs> announced the filming of a thing. Yeah, sometimes they have, and like, project like, names, And then I'm like, oh, cool, too. now I'll know, yeah. And, and you'll I'm be like, like, now I know who to look out for at the bar. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, I remember being aware that they were filming that Christian Bale movie. What was it called? Uh, Christian Bale cowboy movie that was filmed there in like 27, 2016, maybe. Is that like 310 to Yuma? Mm, no. I, I was uh, called, um, I want to say The Revenant, but that's that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. It's um, host, Hostels, The Hostels, I think it was called, maybe. Anyway, I'm looking I, up, that's when I ran I'm into Christian Bale in town. Uh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at uh, Casa Sena. I remember um, we were having brunch, and he was there with his... I didn't even know. I didn't even realize he was there. He was sitting right next to us for, like, the whole meal. I didn't, we didn't recognize it was him, because it's not like you're looking around like, is Christian Bale at this meal? Like, I don't, I don't know if he's here with us. Like, so, But as we were wrapping up our meal, like, someone was looking over... At other people, I don't know, taking the moment after you finish a meal to kind of look around the restaurant, and they're like, holy shit. That's, like, right next to us. That table right there. That's motherfucking Batman Newsies Christian Bale. Like, that's him. <laughs> and uh, his, he's sitting there with his wife and his, I think, two kids. Yeah. And um, one, uh, one I immediately noticed, this is the first time I noticed that Christian Bale is uh, quite a petite man. He's, he's, he's not, he's, he's short. And um, I never knew that. But is he five, nine, five ten? Well, I'm I'm looking up. See, for, wow. For Batman, I think he's like six something, you know. But wow. Anyway, then I'm looking up height. He's shorter than me, for sure. Five foot eleven. Okay, so I look down at him. I mean, that's that's that's. Well, how tall are you? I'm like six one, but I thought Batman. I I in my head he was like six and a half feet tall. That's why it was. I guess. Well, see, that's okay. Yeah, because you. Yeah, they're like a superhero. See, I'm myself. I myself am five foot one. I'm like a, I'm like this big, oh, okay. and well, so like calling... I, like everyone is giant to me. Like everyone is like those trees in Lord of the Rings. He was <laughs> super. <laughs> I'll just put you up on my shoulder, Kathy. We'll walk around yeah, but, in the ant forest. We'll find yeah, the, no, the we'll find the ant wives together. <laughs> yeah, that's... We'll we'll make a reality show about the real ant wives of the real ant wives of Lothlorien is what the show will be called. Um, <laughs> we'll find Pippin and Mary, and we'll take them on a little trip with us. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> yeah I've always wanted I like I've always wanted the trees from the Lord of the Rings to meet the trees from the Wizard of Oz. Like I wonder if they oh, like go and, and they meet the trees would, like, fight and they meet <laughs> the trees from the uh, from the Rush song. They all get together and they have like a libertarian discussion about trees, <laughs> tree justice. <laughs> Um, and, oh, and they meet the trees from uh, the episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force that parodies the song The Trees by Rush. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like one of them shall be like a warring <laughs> tribe of trees, and they're just gonna be like, "Fuck you!" Like, I mean, I would read a book fuck about you, every other tree. <laughs> I seriously, I would read an entire book about like the war of trees and the war between trees and tree justice. Seriously, I think it's the whole world of living trees. Where's our Where's our Game of Thrones? It's about like the tree. Hold on, kingdom. hold on, hold on. I'm writing this down on my list of future skits. <laughs> I'm gonna start the no, episode. Oh Hello, God, Kathy. No, no, this no, is the no, Council no, no, Events. See? Okay. No, I've never told you this, but I actually okay. do have a list going of skits I'm working okay, on. Okay. And one of one of my skits is about um, this guy at Slam Poetry. Okay. <laughs> and he gets up there and he does like a tree poem. Okay. Yeah, you know, like a poem about a tree. All you right. know. Yeah. And it's just like crickets. Everyone's like, mm, we've heard that before. And then like a guy gets up there and does a poem about a leaf, and it fucking kills. Like it just <laughs> fucking breaks the house. Down. You know what's? The, you know how that would make it a fully uh, executed Mr. Show sketch is you only give the first line of the leaf poem, and everyone's like, just fucking losing. They don't even get to hear, understand what the poem's about, and they automatically love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Perfect. Let's write sketch comedy together. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, right now, I am cur currently writing down War of the Trees, a history on a post-it. One day, we'll just uh, we'll just do a podcast where we read our false history of tree uh, tree uh, hegemony. Give me a place, forest. God damn it, not again. <laughs> the poplars. They're all they're all working together. They all have one shared root system. There's like the most racist American tree, which is the oak. Like it's just like jingoistic. It's like mad that like there's palm trees everywhere. Yeah, the, the in the in the Lord of the Rings, I remember they assigned like certain trees, certain like uh, personalities, and I, I remember thinking like, oh, there's someone was thinking about like what the elm feels like and what how old they are. And yeah, I love that. Let's do it. Wow, there's there probably is a significant D and D book about just the trees. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I could go dig one up and read about ants no, to us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hold on. Next episode, I'll pull out the book yeah, and no, we'll, I'll read. I'll pull out uh, Monster Manual Two from Fourth Edition and we'll read about ants. I, I think. Okay, that's where see it that'd is. be awesome because I, I feel like that's still a learning journey for me. Mm -hmm. And um, my favorite thing to do is imagine animals that I want to like have as my familiar. Um, but get, so like uh, in my for my first D and D character, I had a bat like a badger that was the size and like had all of the stats of a bear. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> But it was just a so. But it was a badger the size of a bear, you yeah. know, which is pretty fucking terrifying, actually, if you think about it. Like, I would rather have a bear the size of a badger than a badger the size of a bear. I like a DM who allow like a skin swap, where you can see like I'll keep the stats because we know that's how it's ga the game's balanced. But let's like mm -hmm. make it into something else. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah, no, that's the only way I'll play. Like, if someone's like, "Oh no, like you have to follow the rules," I'm like, "Oh okay, cool. You're a cop. You can leave now." Like. <laughs> Like, which is fine. Like, that's a, fine. You can game? play like a cop. That's cool. I can highly suggest that Shadowrun is a game that encourages you to, like, break the game. It, it, there's so many options for you to do anything that, like, if you want to, like, make a story element go wild at any moment, you totally can. Uh, I, I've I enjoyed that. That's exciting. Um, I feel like yeah. my other type. So you said it was called Shadowrun. Shadowrun, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a mix. If you took all of the uh, orcs and elves and and uh, fantasy stuff and combined it into cyberpunk, 
It's like uh, all in one. So it's, I was a big fan uh, growing up, and I still have a gigantic collection of those books that I'm, I would never sell because I just love them. I love reading through them. They're so cool. Like 80 so cyberpunk like my origins. Favorite games, uh, my favorite games are either, yeah, like where they're like completely ridiculous fantasy made up, mm-hmm. or it's like, um, as far as like, for example, a tabletop game that I really enjoy is Parks, because I'm like, oh, look, I have to refill my canteen, you know? Because <laughs> you go, you have to visit the national parks. I'm sorry. Sorry, I should have clarified that. Oh, so yes. like, you need, you need to have water. Yes. When you go hiking about the national parks or whatever, you get more points. Have you ever, really cool. have you ever um, heard, no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I was actually no, going to no, say. No, no, that's <laughs> it. That's basically. Uh, have you ever um, played or heard of, um, it's called, uh, it's a handbook game or it basically generates stories uh let me think real quick it's based on the first initial edition is based on burn after reading it's called basically it's sort of like a coen brothers uh uh comedy of errors heist gone wrong um game it's like a story game where you you uh, roll a die to essentially see how certain things turn out and you kind of randomly generate the story right at the beginning and then you play it for about two hours and then there's like a conclusion where you kind of have all these fun things that are forced to happen to like wrap it up uh what is it called uh hmm, it's fiasco it's called fiasco and you can play it without like there's no board or anything it's just like a word story game it's fun yeah 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 and uh, it can be configured, it has been configured into like a million different settings and scenarios. Um, that would be fun to do um, on a pod, because I don't know if I've heard that done on a pod. Yeah, no, that does sound Maybe the giant, well, I have to think about it. Yeah, anyway, just an idea. I just forgot that I um, uh, took my boyfriend's dog for the day. Ooh, do you have to and maintain the, the dog? The do- no, I didn't have to. Oh, no, I like, I just decided to. I just mean, <laughs> do you need to maintain the no, dog no. right now? Is that why you brought that no, up? No, okay. what, what, I, what I forgot is that they should, uh, that I said boyfriend. They're my fiance. I'm That's still true. not used to this. Isn't this is fun? still very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I'm still just not used to it, where I'm still like, oh, super. Anyway, <laughs> just, anyway, so I just didn't tell him that I took the dog. So if he gets home from work, he's going to be like, where's my dog? Theft. The great the gravest <laughs> of theft has occurred. <laughs> someone right. someone has snuck into your house, stolen your dog, and locked the door behind them. Uh, yeah, right. yes, <laughs> Actually, no. The dog took a set of keys and took itself for a walk, and he'll come back. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he'll come home with the keys in his mouth, scratching at the door to let himself back in. <laughs> he got oh, the lock on the way out though. Very impressive. Okay, so really funny, just funny you should say that. Mm-hmm. I used to have a dog that was half um, uh, Aussie Shepherd, and she was just really brilliant. And she, when she, whenever she would run away, because she would, she and her brother both, same litter, they would like climb the fence and run out and like be gone for like two days, and they'd come home smelling like shit. Um, Dogs fine though. They, they'd be fine. They mm-hmm. had just clearly gone through, like, some kind of Disney <laughs> Homeward bound adventure. kind of adventure, yeah, yeah. you know. But with shit, you know, <laughs> so they would come back, like, really needing a That's bath. That's the part they don't show in know? Homeward Bound, yeah. Yeah, right, like, where they roll around on the ground and poo, like, just... Several, oh, look, many times. Look, another dog's poo, yeah, like, just fucking <laughs> losing it, you know, so, uh... Yeah, watch your... But, <laughs> 
Yeah, sorry, continue. Well, well, the male dog would always jump back in over the fence because he was just, I guess, into that. He'd just pretend like nothing was wrong. Um, like, oh, I've been here the whole time. Um, she, my dog, what she would do is she would stand up on her hindquarters and hit at the doorbell and wait until someone would come open the front door. She was, she was fucking terrible. My... I feel like if she had had opposable thumbs, then she absolutely would have just been like, I'm taking the car. Even like a <laughs> so I was just going to say, like, is this one of the dogs we've seen in television who's driving a car while a human's ducked underneath holding the wheel? Um, yeah, there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't drive a car. <laughs> and that's why um, when the dog's driving you home, you can't get a DUI. Um, that's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like when a little kid is driving. It's the same idea. It's totally. There's no laws against it. You just can't. You can't do. Shouldn't do it. But it's not like technically (laughs) illegal. It's like it's like really illegal. You know, it's like more illegal to drink and drive. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, maybe Look, it should be a neither, crime. We are, but... we are neither encouraging drunk driving no. or children nor driving cars, nor letting your dog dogs. drive your car. None of these, unless unless it's to insist the driving cat. Yes, I, that is cats allowed. Dogs, children. Yeah. Not <laughs> that's because cats have the good sense. And it's funny know, then. Like... It's really funny when a cat's driving, and that's excellently important. <laughs> if it's funny, it's legal, according to. <laughs> According to popular media. Oh, uh, Lord. <laughs> Mr. Ed could never... Hey. He could never drive a car. He could never be Mr. Ed today. They wouldn't put that peanut butter in his mouth, would they? I don't know. Yeah, you couldn't make Mr. Ed now. No, Mr. Ed would be CG now, and that wouldn't be that, that wouldn't be nearly as fun, would it? That's what I want to do. I wanna, I'm going to start a thread of, you couldn't make the Andy Griffith show now. <laughs> No, Don Knotts is dead. You couldn't. No, I... <laughs> Why'd you have to tell me? <laughs> when, what was the name when he was the fish? When he was the Mr. fish Limpet. guy? Mr. Limpet. Mr. Limpet. Thank you. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Now I'm, like, actually sad because that's how I, like, knew. Uh, that's how I knew him, too. It's the first time I ever saw him, I think, was in that, watched mm-hmm. a VHS copy. I remember exactly where I was. Wow. What a moment. <sighs> in time couldn't make that now you know no. <laughs> no i don't think you could make a movie where a man's face is superimposed on a fish's cartoon fish's <laughs> face i think you just wouldn't be allowed i just think someone would go like look over your shoulder and be like no you can't do that no he would have to be like part of the like marvel extended universe <laughs> or whatever he would be he'd be like a scroll from whenever they get to like phase seven They'll be like, the scrolls are normal now. There's no more super scrolls. We're not secret war. Everyone's, they're not impersonating people. They're helping us now against new problems. And here's Don Knotts, the voice, the, the <laughs> yeah, voice right. of uh, the super scroll. <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, I'm going to spoil Wasn't the Marvel Universe for everyone. Three's Company. Hmm? Yes, Three's <laughs> Company. He was, uh, he was, he was, uh, he was Mr. Mr. Was his name Mr. Something? <gasps> Mr. Farley. Mr. Farley. Mm-hmm. Wow. Everyone at home, I would like wow. you to know that I'm not, I don't have Wikipedia up in front of me. I always do know all these things. And if I can't remember, it's only because I can't remember. It is in my head somewhere. Yeah, no, I like this. I didn't look it up either. This Kathy's is literally because I have tr- trivia, trivia team yes. disease. I mean, I, it's why I related actually so hard to that guy. Uh, 
on his trivia team, mm-hmm. right? Like where? Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, be, because I feel like that is one of these things of like where I was like, nah, dude, you don't have to feel self conscious about your education either, because like <laughs> obviously folks have thought that you're good enough to be on their trivia team yeah. for this long like obviously you're smart you're you're capable right because yeah if you're bad at trivia or whatever people are like nah you're not gonna be on our team she she was clearly even confident enough in their abilities to even just go as a pair to trivia which is hard yeah and and yeah i yeah exactly i mean i've 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 uh i've tried that before and i don't think You'd have to be really good to be two people to get first place. Like, you'd really have to really be good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and I think you and I would have a pretty good shot, but, you know. We would, I Kathy. Mean, I know we would, but I, it's never... I, I don't know if it's legal. It's about I don't humility. Know if, I don't know exactly. Putting, we have to lead two different teams. That's the only way that if, we can... If we got a good score, it was probably like a fluke. I couldn't guarantee that I could do that consistently. Yeah, no, it all Just depends like on subject. Just like I can't finish the Thursday New York Times consistently. Sometimes I'm like, I'm tired of this. I'm walking away, you know? I can't ever, uh, I don't know if I've ever completed, except for the easiest level, which is what, Monday? Monday, yeah. yeah. I can do Monday. Uh, but those other ones, day two, it's like, I can try, but... There's always going to be several clues that I'd have to go to the internet for, and then, you know, that's like breaking the game, in my opinion. (laughs) Well, again, the ethics of trivia and word game competitions is pretty pretty high. I feel like. So, the rehearsal is a lovely show that Nathan Fielder has created as a, let's say, spiritual successor to his previous show, which Kathy knows more about the previous show, but we have both watched. The rehearsal in the first episode of the show of six um, a man is confronted by his guilt over having made a uh, let's say uh, uh, he hmm. kind of in- implied that he had a higher degree of yeah. education than he actually did is that like a lie of omission by kind of letting something pass because he, he did he explain it as like someone said something about he had a higher degree and he kind of let, went with it or I can't remember the exact Yeah, scenario. like you just like somebody like I, I think it was like somebody said it and he didn't correct them or yeah. he let them which continue is, which is believing. Because then, yeah. You know, I and, and, and so like to think about this too, right? Like this would have been at a time when everybody is meeting each other as a trivia team, mm-hmm. right? Because he said like this is a group of friends he's now had yeah. for many years, but back then is when the lie started right so that's why i was like man i feel real bad for him because he probably just i I just i mean i i could i you know i'll say it like this too trivia nerds you know maybe not always the the folks with the most grace gracious of social uh uh, demeanors knowing all that stuff comes at a cost it's true yeah it sure does it sure does there Mm -hmm. there was a it came at a cost right to always be in the library reading the encyclopedia starting at a right like yeah i I get it though i get it i love it i (laughs) yeah same still doing it (laughs) kathy there's two two things i would have done more of uh in school i would have played in athletics definitely if I could have done the the time travel, telling the the kid version of me to do things, but also like I would have read, I would have spent all my time reading, like all of it. Um, it's not too late. I still have um, the uh, random 
random page of Wikipedia set to one of my tabs, you know? Okay. How about this? You want to see just, this? It's just part, just part of it. This is the first time I'm turning the camera know. around, Kathy. This is the first time <gasps> you're going to see. Oh, my God. Am I going to see the Yeah, you're going to see my reading materials. Tabs? You're going you're gonna, to, well, you'll see my, here, look. Kathy is looking at my screensaver here with all my albums. Yes. But look, here's the newspapers. Yeah. That's where everything is. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, no, that shit looks like, okay, so the stack of newspapers, no shit. I mean, it's orderly and my it's on keyboard, your yeah. kitchen table, and you you yeah. look like a normal human being yes. except for the except for the newspaper. It's all kept but to that's this. The cause. It's kept to this zone, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but like, what's what's funny to me is it looks like that uh, Simpsons episode when Principal Skinner is trapped in his basement and <laughs> everyone thinks that Bart has killed him, and he's like underneath a stack of newspapers. <laughs> and he had to like use his vacuum cleaner to escape. Do you remember that episode? I don't. I remember it, Here's, as you can see. Something that I've been trying to do, Kathy, is I've been trying to figure out something that I could like cat, just like go through and like implant into my brain, and that is on the list. I have I have Disney Plus. I know that's where that all lives now. Okay. I'm thinking I'm about find that episode. I'm gonna tell you exactly which one it is. There was a. Uh, uh, I've always felt like I've had like that gap, which you reminded me of in the not uh, ain't your fault, but I, you reminded me of at the beginning of the episode. You made a Simpsons reference that I know I recognize, but I didn't like know the context of. So that's I'd like to know the context of when people say things instead of like looking up a clip on YouTube, you know. No, totally. So I feel like so I I once dated a guy who grew up ab abroad. He mm -hmm. grew up in a foreign country. Okay. And so consequently, anything from before the age of like 15, mm -hmm. they had no cultural context for. So like all of the Simpsons missed out on mm. all like basically all of like uh, Beavis and Butthead, South Park, like okay. uh, Family Matters, Full House even. So I was like oh did you ever and he was like nah i grew up in a foreign country like i yeah. but you know it was, it was, you know he grew up uh with americans right okay. and, and like at the embassy and shit like that or whatever right. and so and anyway but it was weird because i would like say something and it would just be like just this complete glaze and i was like oh well, at least books. We've read those. So, like, that we had in common <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But, like, if I was like, oh, yeah, here's the Simpsons quote, they were like, wait, you're crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, when you say the goggles, they're like, hmm? They're like, no. uh, <laughs> are you, are you, do I have to call a doctor? Yeah, like, why, are what are you okay asking about goggles for? Why are, why are the goggles doing nothing? Why are you saying this? I don't understand what <laughs> yes, this means. Yes, why are you? What does a monorail have to do with this? I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, I really don't understand what a monorail has to do with any of this. That's something I could hear the Simpsons anonymous <laughs> said that. You're always talking about this monorail song, and I don't understand what that has to do. Who's Marge? I don't know. Anyway, that's not why we broke up. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> you know. Fair. Just didn't help. That that uh, I guess what I just said implied that that I wouldn't mean, be a fair reason to break be, up. I may, him, maybe I would have been willing to overlook their infidelities <laughs> if they understood ah, more Simpsons references. See? There maybe. You go. See exactly. I mean, I've I've one one has considered such. Um, I mean, I I haven't uh, <laughs> I haven't uh, I've seen all the Futurama. Uh, I was a big fan of that. But there's something about Matt Groening having his feet massaged on the Lolita Express that really makes me upset. 
um, it makes it hard to watch that even that shows like on Netflix that is supposedly like very socially progressive and stuff like that disenchanted but I just um, I don't know it's gonna, I'm gonna watch the old Simpsons because I'm gonna pretend that my brain's in the zone where I would have been back in the day sort of like watching the Kardashians I guess mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, you know can't forget everything did I tell you about my friend who was watching Saturday Night Live in reverse chronological order? Yeah, tell me more about that. Is there any update on this friend's uh, health or sanity? <laughs> yeah, no. The, I, I, <laughs> I um, actually will be spending some time, some extended time with this person okay. in the coming week. Okay. Um, but I did ask them for an update, and they said they have reached the beginning of the Obama. They, I'm sorry, the yeah, the, they've reached the beginning of the Obama administration. Wow. And that their that's heavy duty progress. And that their one reflection is that so. Is the guy who played Obama on SNL, was he really white the whole time? You know, that's what he said. I and I remember. was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know who that was. Even so for like, me, I wasn't I, watching it. Kathy, I feel like even me uh-huh. guessing which actor played Obama, if I get it wrong, will be racist. So I can't do right. that. No, I felt the same way. But like, it was like a general question. And this person who has been watching the episodes was like... Doesn't know who which actor it was? Do you know who that... Like, <laughs> was it like multiple guest actors? Because that happened, I think, maybe. It had to have. Like... Uh, once well, again, I'm not going to say who. Were, I'm not going to guess. Well, because they, they were they were watching it much the same way I was describing watching yeah. other TV in the background, <laughs> yeah, right? Like you yeah. put it on while you're like gardening or yeah, whatever. Um, and you see like uh, a skit that's insane, and and you just kind of overlook it maybe, and you go back to your gardening or something. Yeah. Let me see. He was portrayed by. Oh yeah, Fred Armisen. Uh, wait. Jay. No. Jay Farrow. Yeah, you heard me say that out loud. Okay, Jay. F- and Chris Red. Yeah. Oh, no. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead. Oh, Kathy. And we just canceled this. SNL. We just canceled SNL for doing blackface. No, well, see, yeah, no, but see, that's the thing. Is that like? <gasps> How is this possible? I feel like I feel I feel like I feel possible? like us pointing this out is like pointing out that ted danson once did blackface like that like yeah okay but everyone's forgiving forgiving him for that one because Whoopi was with him for some reason like it's still like oh he still shouldn't have done it but it, i feel like i just let me <clears throat> <clears throat> let me read this sentence mm-hmm. let me read this sentence which i'm pretty Go sure right is ahead. what kathy just saw and barack hussein obama the second born august 4th 1961 this is from uh it looks like it's from the best buy website because the way it's sponsored it's uh it's uh, your classic wiki fandom wiki He's an American president and politician who served as senator from Illinois. Remember him? He was the 44th president of the United States. On Saturday Night Live, he has been impersonated by Fred Armisen for more than 30 times until May 12, 2012. And by Jay Farrow from September 15, 2012. And Obama himself made a cameo during the Halloween party episode. Yes, I remember that. That was when he did the David S. Pumpkins. Then wasn't he part of one of those? Anyway. Um, that is extremely bizarre to me. Now I know that Fred Armisen has, is he, is he still in the, in the, is he in the shadow? Did he get thrown in the shadow for something in the past? Or am I thinking of that Senator? I am. I'm thinking of that Senator. Excuse me. Oh, that was Al Franken. Al Franken. I was thinking of Al Franken. Um, my apologies to, well, no, Fred Armisen, you did blackface 30 times. That's terrible. 
how did you even get involved in that? How did you think that that was okay? How did you, well, never mind. You're on, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and mm. so then I clicked on the page to him. And again, like the, that, it, it says he's also impersonated other such individuals as Gal Garcia Bernal, mm. mm-hmm. George Lopez. Ice T, oh, Desi Arnaz. Ice T sounds rough. How would you do Quentin Tarantino? He's done Osama bin Laden. Muammar Gaddafi. Uh oh, uh oh. He's done Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. He's done. Wait, did he play Barney Frank because he was like doing the Barney Frank nipples thing? Is that like what? Oh my god, why would you do that? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and click on, let's say, uh, let's click on Chevy, let's click on Will Ferrell. Okay. Impersonations. Mm-hmm. This is a crazy wiki. This is the SNL wiki. Okay. This is going to tell us a lot of things. What if we look up Sherry O'Terry? Do you think that she ever... Okay, Will Ferrell has done uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Okay. Well, do you think that that's allowed... No, we can't. We can't make that judgment. Okay. I don't know. I mean, next, I, next I, I, who am I to say? Exactly. Who am I to Neither say? Neither of us are to say. I don't think. Can we? No. Oh, there's a guy okay, named he, David okay, Larry. Uh, uh, he, uh, Will Ferrell once did a Saddam, Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Yeah. As did, as did. However, it appears. Uh, um, Speaking of the monorail, one Phil, Phil, Phil Hartman. Hartman. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin did it. Dane Cook. Oh my God, Dane he has Cook has also done an Osama bin Laden. Horatio Sands. Or isn't he? He's toilet explosion now, isn't he? Yes. I don't know. Is he? Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I think. Well, let's let me look it up. Horatio Sands toilet explosion. No, but I don't think he was an actual <laughs> toilet. So I Hold think. on. Yes, I was correct. I looked <laughs> it up. By the way, I just want to take a screenshot. No, I don't, because it'll show my other tabs. Uh, uh, I did. I go. I googled. Actually, no. I duck, duck, goad. Horatio Sands toilet explosion canceled, and the first thing that came up was former SNL cast member Horatio Sands has been accused of grooming and sexually assaulting a 17-year-old girl in 2002. Oof. So there you go. Well, he also plays Saddam Hussein, so. Yeah, I just picked on Sherry O'Terry, which is unfortunate because I, I we had to pick someone. Yeah. Uh, and so again, I and a female I like impersonator. I feel like this isn't really representative of them necessarily. Yes. It's more like the writers Writing staff. and yeah. the SNL culture probably at large, even, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I'm trying to come at this from a systemic point of view. Okay. Okay. Okay, but she so Sherry O'Terry has done downtown Julie Brown, has mm-hmm. done Jennifer Lopez. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like that, I feel like you uh, could like get away right, that's short yeah maybe doing Ross Perot made up for it yeah maybe I mean I, I, I mean that that's just no. I mean that, well I don't think that that's a problem like you're doing Ross Perot or Will Ferrell doing no. Janet Reno I don't think Absolutely. that's a you know that's, that's, that's these are part of the jokes I guess but yeah. like you know um, hmm. let's compare this to Chevy Chase in the 70s let's Ooh. see well, I, I know there's going to be something in there that's going to be really... Okay, are you ready for this one? Like, his impressions are... Mm-hmm. 
David Eisenhower, whoever that is. Mm-hmm. Greg Allman, one of the Allman brothers. Mm-hmm. Gerald Ford. That fits. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. Weird. Mark Furman, the racist cop from, from... or the racist DA from the uh, Rodney King trial. Yep. And Ronald Reagan. And under characters for Chevy Chase, there is only Land Shark. It's really so. Chevy Chase was he must have been a guest, right? If he was doing Mark Furman, or a, a host, a host. Yeah, maybe back then. Yeah, he must have been a. Host. Let's see, 1992 oh, he was and 1995. For a while. Oh well, not surprising. Oh, I didn't know that. It says Cornelius Crane. Cornelius Crane Chase he, is his real name. It was 11 years between appearances there. Um, or, oh, he stopped. Ho- the last time he hosted he was, was 1997. Yeah, wow. Oh. What did, I, I know that he uh, he rubs people the wrong way pretty much everywhere he goes, and that's not like a mm-hmm. singular situation. But he had a fight with Bill Murray. Came back to host. The main thing I always think of when I think of uh, Chevy, besides his wonderful acting in several films, I mean that's the problem is that he's like uh, he's a he's really good actor in, in many films, but um, yeah, I mean the way that he got uh, he left Community and everything was like very strange. Um, hmm. I don't think we've ever really gotten the full picture of that because it ended up in also the creator kind of like quitting at the same time. And, uh, I bet you they all got into Dan some Harmon. fight. Yeah, who knows. <laughs> No, I, I know that he was supposedly like a like a very intense person to be around, Chevy. Uh, let's see. So that's how we got to the rehearsal. Yeah, so we got um, to the rehearsal. Somehow. <laughs> so tell me, tell me what you what your thoughts. What are your thoughts thoughts off the top of your head about the rehearsal? Because to me, it changed um, a lot of the way I view a lot of things about uh, reality television. Well, I was. Um, I mean, so these, so because in Nathan for You, he sets up these scenarios, it's different businesses. They're kind of in these bite-sized chunks of episodes. There will be either two or three different people focused on per episode. Um, It seems like with the rehearsal, he was trying to go for something similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a guy who's practicing apologizing to his trivia team. Here's a guy apologizing to his brother, talking to him about uh, a recently deceased relative and the will, right? Mm-hmm. He's essentially practicing for difficult conversations or difficult situations. And this is how we first get to um, the rehearsing, the rehearsing of being a parent with this woman. And this woman wants to rehearse being a parent, um, just like all these other people want to rehearse this thing that they're worried about, um, mm-hmm. these convos. Um, hers is a bit more involved, but Nathan seems into it. And as the story develops, you kind of get the idea that he had had a bunch of these different scenarios planned, and that was going to be what the season was all going to be about. Yes. But this particular rehearsal with this woman raising this kid winds up becoming kind of the central story of this season. Um, Where Nathan experiences this uh, epiphany, what else to call it, of um, 
he's in this situation where one of the children that has been hired to act as this fake child mm-hmm. has developed a bond with his pretend father, which is at this point Nathan Fielder. And he goes back to practice how to be more detached with this fake child who is pretending to be his real child and becomes this Ouroboros of um, confrontation of one's attachment style, I guess, right? Like, um, yeah. he starts real. He starts having these kinds of epiphanies about like the kind of person he is when he dates. The, that he's non-confrontational. That he's never really stood up for himself in romantic relationships. Never really expressed his needs. Right. Like, we start to actually see, um, in some way, Nathan deconstruct his uh, uh, oppression under the patriarchy in real time. Right. Like as a just as a guy, like just as a normal human being realizing like, oh, shit, like I've why am I rehearsing to pretend to live this life or something? Yeah. Like uh, I'm asking my pretend acting wife to not leave me so that we can raise our fake pretend son properly. Like what when (laughs) where does where is it beginning to end at that point is what yeah. I was thinking. It was like, where is it real and where is it fake and what's happening and how much, I mean, I know that, you know, he probably is trying the most to keep, you know, everything clear, but I mean, you can only keep so much clear. And he does admit a couple times in there that he confused where he was and what feelings he specifically says, like a couple times that he got confused about what he was supposed to be feeling and what version of himself is actually what he says, okay. what version of himself he was supposed to be. Um, and I think that we kind of mentioned that a lot at the beginning of the very first episode, or maybe the second episode of the show. Uh, we were talking about like kind of like everyone presents like a different version of yourself, like online and in real life and work and with friends and mm-hmm. all that. And um, I think this show does a very good job, and especially in the later episodes, of like displaying like even this man who has conceived this and in- concocted this entire scenario himself is then at some point confused at what is actually happening um, because mm-hmm. he has concocted such a a simulation that um, enough of the players thought it was real enough that he was able to feel like that. And not just mm-hmm. him, but I mean, the other people too. I mean, at some point you could tell even um, the woman, I can't remember her name, the, the simulated mom, um, who is quite a character, but she was a necessity in the, in the, in the process, mm-hmm. really. They, I don't know if, how connected to the casting he was or whatever or what he made specific requests and said like blindly like get me a person like this or I don't know what happened but he it went perfectly quite honestly mm-hmm. I don't know if it could have gone better the kind of conflict that he ran into in the end is kind of a very real conflict but also like uh, it was a good one to have on display um, but I'll, I'll leave that for the viewer if you want to go see that I mean we can talk about it but um, yeah like the um the the woman that was hired to be the fake mom yes <clears throat> um i think initially also in those first few episodes i think was especially kind of played up for her quirkiness right yes like, absolutely and 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 i think like you know as a santa fan i'll say this i, I don't think she's any particular extra quirky than a lot of people i've met in and around not just this town but la too right like um and um 
Yeah, she was like, so a, yeah, like she had age. some shit about like crystals and lavender or whatever. And I think it's easy to just totally dismiss her as a kook, right? But, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I think one of the, uh, one of the things that I was struck by was the confrontation by the, uh, the, the like Jewish lady yes. that's a friend of who confronted her um, directly and called her an anti-Semite even yeah and she was like no same values she's like it's just about Jesus and like so she's just kind of coming from an earnest place and yeah. I certainly don't think I could call her an anti-Semite no, especially but... if she was trying to raise this kid with Nathan even in this pretend way right yeah. like it's just kind of weird anyway but like yeah giving her that grace right and wanting to because i think she also brings this like christian type of mentality that is actually what causes i think nathan's real epiphany yes which is about the the forgiveness of yourself and because yes. because he goes to her and is like hey i'm sorry that i was telling you that you weren't taking this whole fucking stupid thing seriously enough yeah and she's like, well, of course I forgive you. Like, I have to forgive you. Jesus tells me to yep. forgive you, which is, like, first of all, just incredibly beautiful, like, yes. just as a thing. And the right? way that she said it was absolutely genuine. So I, I thought that and really And also, by the way, a tremendous contrast to the first guy who was pissed the fuck off at Nathan, Nathan and told him, you are a horrible person for lying to me about trivia. Yeah. Like, meanwhile, forgets the entire, like, thing is concocted for him by Nathan. The whole entire scenario, but he's mad at the end about lying at essentially fake trivia. What is he going to feel like when he... Okay, this is the thing that I think about. These people, these, like, three, four people that were... Or even, well, the kids when they grow up and watch the show and they'll understand it. But, like, what are those people going to think when they watch the show? What's that moment going to be like when they see all the things that they didn't see while it was being made, the things that happened behind the scenes? Like, I feel like that man, the trivia man, when he sees that episode, he's going to be like, he probably is in some serious spot right now. And that was the thing I was concerned about the most when I was watching it all go down, was when he sees the reality of everything, everything that happened, not only was he lied to in that way, he was lied to about 55 different ways. And I was concerned personally for that man. I was like, well, hope he's okay, because even in the simulation he didn't seem to like the simulated results of that so i don't know what he would think about once he realizes it's all real life it's just on a stage mm -hmm. yeah anyway mm -hmm. that was a, a kind of an uh, a moment where i was i remember the first time that we mentioned the episode or the show on this show i was thinking about that man and his reaction and how much i loved the show and enjoyed the show but at the same thing, I was thinking about the cost, the expense to, to him, the trivia guy. I was thinking about him a lot. And still, that's the one man from now I think that could have like some lasting results. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the will, we don't have to expose, we don't, I don't have to spoil exactly what happens to the man who's trying to figure out the situation with his will. I think the show does the best version. Mm -hmm. it, it comes to its own natural conclusion. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the trivia man, uh, they went to great lengths to fix a, a small thing. And I think that might have fucked with him in a way. Um, mm -hmm. when he sees the show especially mm -hmm. but who knows who knows we'll have to talk to him find him um, I think the um, the other person who was incredibly well grounded oh. in mm -hmm. the entire thing was um, actually also the acting mom yes um, yeah. and at first right like it's kind of like 
oh, like, oh, she was so irresponsible for letting the kid do this thing. That is and what then I thought she's like, first, no, yeah. she's going to be fine. The kid, she's going to be, and then she says this, like, he's going to be fine because I'm going to make sure he's going to be fine. And she says it with this, like, resolute certainty. Like There's like just, it, yeah. like, you know that it's going to be fine. And of course, they all wind up working together to make sure that it is actually fine, yeah. right? And and they, they do put in all effort. There's like a little thing, right? But uh, um, I thought she too was like the other next grounded person where she was like, no, like, we'll, we'll yeah, he's working through shit, but that's probably because he doesn't actually have his father around. Yeah. Right, and this this might actually if if she she and she looks like she very much so loves her son, cares about him. Very much. I think like she's going to use this actually as an opportunity to be able to say, yeah, maybe this is the time we have to talk about like no, like your dad isn't around for X Y Z reasons. Yeah, and those are personal to their family, right? Whatever they might be, right. but like that's a conversation they probably need to have, and he's clearly starting to ask those questions already because he's gonna see friends yeah with dads and people on tv right um he doesn't have to be just like nathan said like we were pretending to be dinosaurs yeah and he's like you're not sad you know you know that was make-believe and he's like yeah but you know what you could ask a child two years younger that question he'd be like no i am a t-rex yes why can't i be a t-rex and like they're gonna cry themselves to sleep because they're not a t-rex that day like yeah that's that's where they're at god bless their little souls that's how it works at that brain capacity that's all they got you know and complicated but, um, adult scenarios are not, especially something like this, is a dangerous place to have a kid. And he did recognize mm-hmm. that. He admitted that in the show itself. And I think mm-hmm. I give him credit for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep him to the fact that he doesn't do it ever again um, now that he's learned this public lesson. And I think that's probably the reason why they put so much of that in the show is to be like, mm-hmm. I recognize this is kind of wrong and I need to explain why. And then I'm I, hopefully not do it again. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I give I, him respect. For and him. he he says ultimately, I think the most important thing. And you and I talk about this all the time. You and I have said it before, Ethan. He says, "Yeah, I went through all of these iterations of a rehearsal, everything that was possible, all of these flowcharts." He's like, "When really, what was I really looking to do was to change myself." Yeah. And. Well, in some ways you can, in some ways you can't. I, you know, the, the the funny thing to me was when I was watching the show the whole time, I was thinking you didn't really need to go through any of this effort to achieve any of this. Like, in that, <laughs> you could have constructed the show doing only like one-third the work and still on screen produce the exact same product. And um it made me think about if i was going to make a show like this what i would do and the things i would actually prioritize number one being the casting and making sure that everyone's like in a place where we can like do something like this and and perhaps for more than just like a single episode if you wanted to like reuse that person or something you want them to not like hate you by the time that it's over which would be useful um I want Trivia Nathan man's to back. do, yeah, I want Nathan to do like a director's commentary about this yeah. because part of it is yeah. I also feel like, well, he also just had a much bigger budget this time around. See, like the, mm. the difference between Nathan for you and 
the show that he made for Comedy Central and this thing now isn't just that it was on HBO and he had an HBO budget. He's also become kind of like a big deal in his own right. He he did that. He was doing, uh, he like co-wrote that show with Sasha Baron Cohen, who is America. Oh. He's been, he's, he's been doing other writing gigs. I've seen his name and bylines and associate producer shit in other spots. Right? Like, didn't he like associate produce the one of these fucking another kind of like think you should leave type of a yeah. fucking skit show or something? He, exactly. did so, he had something to do with one I something. I want to say like he that. had an acting gig too, like a minor acting gig, maybe. Maybe let's, I'm gonna look this one up anyway. The point is that our boy Nathan has been busy, yeah, he hasn't just been doing nothing in between here. And even though the show looks low production, it's not. It's just like you said. <clears throat> no, it's extremely the, produced. Yeah. The way I'm <clears throat> sorry. No, you're okay. The way that they like recreated those sets, like in all that detail, mm -hmm. you, you don't do. That's expensive. Very, 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 and that shows what an HBO budget is. And I wonder if. I also wonder this. I wonder if they'll reprioritize how they spend their money next year because not not just because of the I mean yes, the the, the recreation the identical recreation of interior space is very funny. Uh, maybe one, two, three times, but you don't need to do it literally every time to like it's almost funny in some ways if it's like a very obviously simulated set. Like the first set where they constructed the inside of um, when Nathan constructed the inside of uh, Trivia Guy's apartment um to mm -hmm. uh and there was like the books were like half real they were like they wrote on like the spines and stuff like i thought that was funnier as a simulation set that actually you know everything was white or like you know mm -hmm. i thought that like actually, an ikea set or yeah something. it almost worked better but you know they want to simulate everything that was the joke they have an hbo budget um yeah, I mean, I feel like the other funny thing could have just been to kind of do it through like virtual reality, yeah. like. But then we don't see something, right? Oh, they can. There's there's ways. I they mean, can we could, that. right? Probably, but you it's know. not the same. Yeah. I think that they'll. Uh, I think Nathan will go. Will try some new things. I wonder if he'll extend any of the previous scenarios. I wonder if um, mm -hmm. his fictional wife will be involved in the continuation of any stories. Um, he did seem to want to really uh, leave that in a, uh, a healthy position, I guess, mm -hmm. for what what could be done. Wow, there's just so many ethical considerations. Uh, that was mostly what I was thinking of when I was watching it, but other than laughing, because there were so many great laughs. Well, I feel like that's also really interesting because I don't I. I it was like I said, I felt like Nathan was wrestling with those things kind of in real time. And yes. we just kind of got to see that. Yeah. And I felt like that was that was the thing that really most upended my expectation of the show. Right. I expected it to be like Nathan for you, where he's putting all of these other fucking people on display for us to go. Ha ha ha. Isn't this situation that they're in hilarious. Right. Yeah. I never, I've, I've never actually felt that. I, I feel like it's a common critique that like Nathan is kind of cruel to his people, like okay. the people he has on his show. There's like kind of like laughing at them. I didn't feel that. I've actually never felt that. Yeah, I feel like uh, that. That's kind of like maybe you're the one laughing at them, and saying Nathan did it for you. 
Like, but I, I don't know. Like, I, my instinct isn't to laugh at the person who tripped in the actual middle of the sidewalk. My instinct is to go, oh my God, are you okay? Yeah. Right? Like, because we're not actually in a Keystone Cops comedy, right? right? Like, we're not in real life. Like, that shit's actually dangerous to slip on a banana peel. Yeah. Like, and and that's actually what the simulation is was all about was that if you could if you could create this like fictionalized version of the scenario you could try over and over and over again to get the perfect result which of course you can't do in real life and that is like the dream though in like your dream state when you have this you know even recurring dreams you're like getting to the point where you can like solve this like scenario or whatever that you had and i i just um or groundhog day i mean the fantasy of groundhog mm-hmm. day um that you could experience everything, you could do it just right. Um, there's uh, so it's control. It's recently, control. yeah, mm-hmm. recently I um, spent a lot of time with a baby. Okay. And I should just mention here that um, at least in my family, generationally, I was like at the last line of cousins, like age-wise of like everyone in our generation. So like babies didn't start to happen again until I was like 20, 25, by which time I'm like a professional person like in college or at a job. And so like, I'm like, I'll come say hi, congratulations on your baby. But like at that point, like the world wasn't set up that I was like, oh cool, I'm babysitting or something. It was like, cool. my cousin has a baby now you know like or so and such and such friend or such and such family relative or such and such other peer has a baby but like i don't know i never grew up with them and then as i got older like babies became even rarer among people in of our generation so i've just i feel like i've never spent time with uh young young children and recently having to spend time with the baby um the mom at just uh, just as we were we were a group of folks kind of hanging out together every once in a while her phone would ring or she'd have to go to the bathroom she'd have to refill her water glass any number of normal ordinary things and she would do the most normal ordinary thing one does and she would just turn to the person next to her and go hey can you just hold the baby for like two seconds while i go do a thing I'd be like, yeah you bounce this cute little thing on your lap right but the entire time that I was doing that anyway, because it feels like such a foreign thing for me to do, yeah. I was like, look at this cute little bouncing thing that I'm going to hold on to for dear life because God forbid it fall off my knee and hit the ground. That's exactly like, what I've always felt. Yep. <laughs> and so like just, you know, and so I was like, talk about a rehearsal, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like the if I had let's say spent more time with the child as a younger person maybe Mm. even in a more recent distant past Mm -hmm. you know maybe i'd be like oh i've done this before yeah Uh, you know but like it's you know yeah but that too practice makes perfect and i think last time we also talked about fake it till you make it right yeah she was a first time mom she has no idea what the fuck she's doing either. That's you very, know? very, she's... very true. That's very, very true. And and Nathan may have books. looked at her a little bit differently. Nathan may have expected her to perform in a certain mom mode that he she, he can't expect of someone to just put turn on, especially with no experience. And that was the whole idea. 
too. So mm-hmm. he should well, have and, considered and she, that a little more, maybe. Well, uh, I think it kind of does because she at end. some point says like, yeah, like because I, I mean initially, but again, how do you know until the first time you go through it, right? Like, how do you know? I guess that was the point of the simulation. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, I mean, how else do you know? Also, like when he was making his actor kids be actual pizza chefs he was like no dude like make a fucking pizza because i love that you can pretend to throw a pizza or whatever but someone who knows what pizza throwing is actually like is gonna go no you don't fuck you so someone takes out a fucking rolling pin no you fucking idiot you don't do that to a pizza you just smushed out all the air bubbles like i love no one does that i love how they made him they had the guy come and make like the acai bowl and like the um that was so good you're either a sandwich artist or you're a sandwich fraud artist exactly he he was doing it like he's like you want would you like more whatever in your bowl and i was like oh my god this guy's really 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 he's really good yeah he was taking the fielder method very seriously i would love to be a graduate of the fielder method so I feel like uh, I feel like one of my very close friends in Los Feliz is maybe a, maybe an innovator of the Fielder method, but he uh, okay. he's been an actor in Hollywood for many many years. Okay, um, and and was like trained at like UCLA Film and Dance. He, cool. he will come up frequently in my stories. He's one of my cool. closest friends. But um, all that as a way of saying is that you know he would always tell me stories of what it was like to be on set, and you know uh, especially when we were just like hanging out, grabbing a beer as we would. Uh, walking past dumb Starbucks as we would and um, he was like yeah he's like he's like he's like yeah I think they like keep hiring me back as an extra on such and such a set he's like because you know it's actually really hard to walk diagonally (laughs) and he'd kind of giggle he'd kind of giggle but he was like no he's like you're he's like I'm joking he's like but He's like, you really don't understand how many people like will walk diagonally as an extra and like all you're doing is being some dipshit at the bank while they're zooming in on whoever. But they'll be like, oh, like I'm gonna like stop and do a little dance at the camera. He's like, you'd be surprised at how many people wow. like just really fuck it up. He's like, they walk in a completely opposite direction or like are and thus are on camera for only two seconds when they're supposed to walk a certain way. Yeah, and not to maximize their time on. Yeah. yeah, like or wherever, like blurry in the right way. That brings like, up. And he was like, he's like, you'd be surprised at how many people are bad at pretending to walk is what he would say to me and i just thought it was the most hilarious thing and he was like yeah he's like he's like i think you'd be a good walker he's like he's like you could probably he's like you, you should sign up down at central casting my he's aunt- like and on your resume put down i'm a good walker my aunt uh, was in new york city she was an extra in a bunch of stuff uh, law and order and and stuff like that a soprano's um, she was riding up. She's riding down an escalator in an episode of The Sopranos, one of the final episodes, uh, in like a law office or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, she tried to make it in comedy. Now she uh, now she like runs an Apple store or something. So I don't know. <laughs> can't can't can't. Kind of funny. It's, it's, it's kind of funny to me. She has uh, an HBO. She has a twenty out there somewhere. Is a twenty minute 
She was on HBO for 20 minutes when she was doing comedy. That was the farthest she ever got. And I would love to see it. I don't even think she has a copy of it anymore. Um, but I'll look it up on my own because I don't want to tell your name necessarily. No, no, I don't, actually, no, I don't even no, think no, she that's... used. I actually, I don't even think she used her real name anyway. So that wouldn't help. Nonetheless, yeah. I mean, I, I, I applaud anyone who even does any of that because, I mean, I say that while I'm, you know, talking into my microphone. And sure, lots of people are probably listening to us, but I'm not doing this in front of them. You right. Know? Exactly. No fear here. Because it's just us. You're going to be able to edit out that cough I did earlier. Yeah, and you're going to be able to edit out that time where I uh, accused Nathan Fielder of something, right? Nathan Fielder, if you're listening, <laughs> I didn't actually accuse you of anything. No. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, there was well, one thing from the show that I... Oh, sorry? No, I, I was like, oh. oh my God, I knew I was forgetting something. There was one thing. Oh, yes. Our, our, our uh, slide Continue. whistle has returned. Our... Yeah, no, it's, it's there to make uh, the segues more of a segue. As, as everyone can see, that segue was fucking seamless. Seamless. The, uh, the extras in the show, that I, I was just thinking, I wrote this down while you were talking. Uh, there is one <laughs> amazing scene where a woman was pretending to eat. Um, and she put the food up to her mouth and went like... And like put the fork back down with like the uneaten food untouched, and I was like, that was the best extra moment I can imagine. It was just perfectly timed. And the other thing I would say is that there was a segment in the in the show about 15, 10, 15 minutes where they had like a fake party with a bunch of extras, but due to the fact that they were extras, of course, they couldn't have speaking roles, so they couldn't say anything, and they played with that a little bit. But I was thinking in that moment, it would be fun to like hire a bunch of extras and use them at their extra rate for extra acting, but like in a creative way. Um, maybe like just make something that doesn't have audio and like people are just like you know speaking with lips and you have to like read it yourself to kind of like figure out what's happening or something ah yes maybe they were all standing in line uh -huh. at dumb starbucks oh yes okay maybe only some of those people were actual dupes maybe some of those people were extras simply paid to stand around and be in line i mean it does eventually become like a phenomenon in its own right i think but why would it have caught on in the first place that's true and uh that that's obviously something that's that's happens all the time i mean there's there's extras people that get pulled in to sit in uh, seats there's all kinds of opportunities in la for like bit work like that there's no way that they couldn't have done that that's completely conceivable You know what that makes me think? That makes me think that we could, like, um, really Nathan Field or something pretty easily. I mean, really, the, a crowd of people is a powerful tool. You use a crowd of people, you can achieve a lot of things. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. No, well, I think uh, isn't, this has been the premise of our entire show, though. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, like, Nathan is doing it in a way that is, like, trying to be incredibly subtle in the simulation it's providing. Yes. Right. But Survivor is trying to give us a simulation of a desert island while still being on like a totally wholly supervised part of the beach, even mm -hmm. if those characters, contestants are actually in this like fake scenario. Right. Yeah. At any moment, really, nonetheless, though, the producers can hit the panic button. Yeah. And, and any of those people can be airlifted at yeah. any moment. Yes. Yeah. Like. Right. Like the reality is ready to be broken if like the if like if the necessity calls for Definitely. it. Right. Yes. Um, and 
it's in these moments of where we're creating realities where we're where we're not allowed to do that nobody at victoria's secret was allowed to hit a panic button going wait a minute we've created a fake reality that's a little too fake or too real or something right yeah. like it was like holy shit we've created a frankenstein yeah and right by um, not managing their own situation they created they actually created their downfall as well yeah by not adapting uh, all the time yeah, because they didn't. Again, they're not meeting these these moments of reality, right? They're they're re still refusing to confront it, maybe because they thought of themselves as, as as such effective reality builders, right? And that's that's who Nathan is at this moment. He is a reality builder. He's the Willy Wonka, the dream maker. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's false, but I think we all are that person who the fuck was willy wonka before he was willy wonka did he inherit the factory in the same way was he just some fucking charlie bucket once upon a time i don't know maybe there's a gritty prequel waiting to be made somewhere i actually just watched the um both versions of that movie like three four weeks ago um Yes, and I have a lot of uh, that. So that freshly pricks my brain. Yes, I do wonder. I did wonder while watching that movie. One, I didn't realize when I was a kid, I hadn't seen it in quite many years. <clears throat> One, the older Delightful. version. The older version is much better, obviously. Yes, um, I mean Gene Wilder, genius. Yeah, it's incredible. And um, and that sequence in the um, the was that tunnel that they go through on the there's mm -hmm. a song and all that. I didn't remember how like uh, uh, a photosensitive. <laughs> whole sequence yeah. it's, that was a problem for me it gave me a, a headache but there's no earthly way of knowing yeah I love that. uh, that's a poem too oh was that like a, a rolled doll poem isn't that the guy who made that let me see because you know when he says all i need is a tall ship and a star to sailor by that's a poem that that's a that's an excerpt from a poem let too. me see if i can read it Maybe not. He actually references a lot of, there's a lot of things that he references, like where he quotes things, and I'm like, where did that come from? I know that's not his, like he's quoting something. Mm -hmm. um, okay, let me. Let like me. there's another moment when he says to Charlie, so shines a good deed in a weary world or something. That's, that's a quote from something. Here's the sea uh, fever. Um, this is this is the poem that that quote comes from and all i ask is a tall ship and a, and a star to steer her by it's sea fever by john macefield thank you thank you yes i must down to the seas again to the lonely sea and the sky and all i ask is a tall ship and a star to steer her by and the wheels kick and the wind song and the white sails shaking and a gray mist on the sea's face and a gray dawn breaking I must down to the seas again, for the call of the running tide is a wild call and a clear call that may not be denied. And all I ask is a windy day with the white clouds flying and the flung spray and the blown splume and the seagulls crying. I must down to the seas again, to the vagrant gypsy life, to the gull's way and the whale's way where the winds like a wetted knife. And all I ask is a merry yarn from a laughing fellow rover and quiet sleep and a dream a sweet dream when the long trick's over i only messed up two words on that one feel pretty good um i like reading poetry it's nice it's nice it's an old let's see there's a whole biography of the poem down below <laughs> so i'm not going to read that the song actually is 
original content to the movie. Okay. But I thought it was a poem like some of the other shit was a poem. Kathy, would you like to read me the text as if it was a poem? Oh, sure. Hold on. Let me come back. You know, when I was Googling it, it was um, it, it was uh, on Genius.com. So I'm going to go to Genius.com and read it from there. That's where we belong, Kathy. That's our website for us genius music lyricists. And sea poets. Uh, I, I feel like I come from a long line of sea poets. Okay. That's why I have this obsession with the sea. Do you, how many albatross do you have hanging from your neck, Kathy? It's true. No, it's true. I, um, so I, so you know what? Like, it was still easy to create fake Facebook accounts. <laughs> I, I've Do you never, remember that? I, I know. I never really. I can. I'll take your word for it. I never. Um, catfishing scared me in my entire life. I, I couldn't. Sure, sure. No. Well, once upon a time, it was it was easy to create fake Facebook accounts, mm-hmm. and I created a fake a fake one called. Well, it was it was a, a, a permutation of I won't give the exact name because then you can find me, but it was basically the C. Okay. And I created this fake account just so that I could in my own personal Facebook account get married to the C as a life <laughs> event. <laughs> I love that. Were you so, enjoying Moby so Dick? So now at the time? that I've gotten yeah, no, so now that I've gotten engaged, I'm a little conflicted because oh. if I update it to reflect that I'm actually engaged to this other human <laughs> being that's real, that has a real Facebook account, I'm gonna have to cut things off with the C. Yeah. And I'll be honest. You'll never be able to get on the water that, again. That, that, yeah, no, I feel like Poseidon I Poseidon will curse She's, you. She will always be my first mistress, you know? I don't know. So I feel like I have to have a really long conversation with my fiancé about how I'm... I think I'm going to have to always be married to the sea on Facebook. Yeah. Also, I don't want Facebook to know more about me than it already knows, frankly. That's what I thought when we started the program, Kathy, and I created a Facebook to kind of promote the program, and I was like, I posted once, and I was like, I don't want... I can't do this anymore. I can't touch this website. I... I, I haven't logged in in many months, and I ran into some friends recently who were like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm doing fantastic. Why do you yeah. ask? And they're like, well, you're not on Facebook. And I'm like, see? What would happen, I'm Kathy? I'm doing fantastic. What would happen, Kathy, if I left Twitter? I, I In last summer of last year, someone after the DMX tweet, I said uh, at the end of 2022, I was considering my retirement of the account. Um. I'm going to say no, because I, so I personally, I feel like I will go down with Twitter like a sinking ship. I feel like, um, uh, well, I still have a forum account. I don't really use it. I don't think I've posted, I don't think I've even logged in or posted into the forums in years, certainly. Years since I've posted, years since I've logged in, right? But, uh. You know, I feel like I, I guess when Twitter really sinks, I'll probably very reluctantly return to the forums because yeah. I really I feel like the you know what I really want. What mm-hmm. I really, really want is yeah. is I want a GeoCities web ring. Yeah. I want the functionality of Google Blogger back. Yeah, I, w- I want I want Web 1.0 functionality on websites to return. I want cute little gifts that say under construction welcome to my web page web page counters yeah sparklies you know can they make um, insects and just yeah, yeah where i can click a thing to like see like five paragraphs instead of just like 
you know, like click to expand, but instead of image, it's text. Like I would like that. No reason you can't. Yeah, do that. that would be awesome. See, but that see, that's I think like what Medium was supposed to be, but it's just it's all too yeah. awful. So, and, like, and there's too many platforms, and you have to stay on like a platform to keep track of what's happening. You can't just jump all over the place. Yeah. No, 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 I can't do it. I, I just want my one website. Yeah, and like I know one. that there's people out there who want like a Twitter replacement and stuff like that. You can, it can't happen. It's 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 impossible. Twitter was in that position to gain the people it did when it did it. Now they're there, and I mean, new people probably come along, but mostly it's like a train of people that got attached to it at a certain point. And if it goes anywhere, you know, it goes away or something like that, then those people go somewhere else again. Um, I feel, you know, and it's a, I feel the same thing about Discord, right? Like, it's great and I like it, but it's still way too many people I know don't use it. So it's like. Yeah, yeah, I have a Discord account, but I don't, I don't use it. So I, so I I'm I'm I remain conflicted and I feel like um at least having to create a guest list for the wedding is really I think going to make me I don't want to say make decisions. Kathy, it's okay if I'm not invited. I'll <laughs> Well, I was going to say I need your I need your address for a variety of reasons. Okay. One I will One, I think you should be there. Okay, yeah, I do. You. I mean, first I of all, there. it's in Las. I, I've mentioned it's going to be in Las Vegas, New Mexico. It's going to wow, be next year. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm very no, excited, Kathy. That warms my yeah. heart. No, I'm so excited. That'll be no, my time we're even, to return. We're even thinking about we're thinking about honeymooning in Hollywood, New Mexico. Ooh. Because that would just be even funnier. But we haven't made any decisions. I, but that's just silly. I, it's I silly. We're just well, being silly. Cloudcroft would be an excellent little spot yeah. to get away to. Well, I, yeah. I don't want to spoil your imagination. You can oh, no. we, come we, up with a million we, things, we, I'm sure. We've come up with 8,000 things. No, anyway. So uh, Plus, I need to send you a bunch of stuff that Dave <laughs> left here also. Got to send this over to you. A few other stupid random things that have probably accumulated around here around the house because it's just, you know. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. It's just life's a mess And here. for those at home, uh, Kathy already has my address, so it's okay. She's not extracting it from me. It's it's fine. I've willingly given her my address. <laughs> just give it to, just put it put it back in the DMs, bump it to the top for me because, okay. you know, I have a very challenging life sometimes. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type it in right now. So I'm going to say. I'd, I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached to my shoulders. Okay, let's do this. Kathy is about to see my actual real name. Oh, she already knows it. But yeah, no, that I know. I've already done the background check and everything. Please, no, I hope so. Am I okay? What's happening out there? Yeah. I don't know. Um, that's it. That's my real name and address, Kathy. There we go. Yes, thank you. Thank you so How much. How fun. Um, yeah, no, a bunch of cool shit. And uh, I'm hoping also, I mean, it is chili roasting season. Holy shit. If you could send me anything like that, even um, however you got to do it. I don't know, frozen or whatever. Hey. We're going to figure this shit out. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ask the, the, I'm sure the fine people there at the store that are going to be like, here, here's how, here, just send it to here. Bye. I don't know how that shit works. I know that there's ways that people, sort of like here, we have um, places you can go to basically just to ship citrus out. I imagine there's something Mm -hmm. like that chili related in New Mexico. There has to be. Yeah. There has to be. There has to be at least like a dozen of those. I mean, they're probably all like popping up at the UPS store right now. You know, Uh, know, they could both be called. This is like regional (laughs) UPS, like non-standard UPS. 
Where like in Florida, you get to ship citrus and in yeah. New Mexico, you get to ship chili. Both <laughs> citrus, I think, actually. So okay. there you go. Yeah. I love this. Here, here, here ours is called Sun Harvest. Why couldn't yours be called Sun Harvest as well? Yeah. Um, no, this is the land of sunshine, by the way. New Mexico true. used to be called the land of sunshine. Really? Now, Florida is the sunshine state. But so is California, though, right? Isn't that like what? Is some shit like that? Let me see. I swear I, that it's both the Sunshine State or like, oh no, the is it the Golden State? Is that what California is? Let's see, the Sunshine State. Florida. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, it's pretty. Don't you have more average yeah, Sundays? No, California is the Golden State. Okay. Don't you have more average Sundays though? You must in, in LA than here. Cause we, it rains like almost every day in the summer here. Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say New Mexico is actually yeah, sunnier. Quite. You know, honestly. I would say, yeah. Because it rains a lot in California. Yeah. And I remember rain in, in New Mexico was far in between. And if it was, it was, it was happening. <laughs> you know, they say it never rains in Southern California. But they don't warn you. It, it pours. It pours. <laughs> Uh, my, my favorite thing that everyone always said to me when I came to New Mexico was, if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes. And I um, didn't know how true that was. Um, I don't think that's anywhere more true than it is in, in New Mexico, especially up in the kind of um, higher elevations. It's like so strange. I love that, though. It's been raining here for like days. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So like Al Albuquerque and Santa Fe are now back to above average rainfalls for the year. Wow, fantastic. Uh, drought, drought, drought isn't over, but above average rainfall. Okay. And it, it's felt like Southern California rain these last few days. It only just started kind of being sunshiny today. Um, but according to the National Weather Service, won't last. So we'll see. Wow, we I'm... See. I'm uh... Um, I'm thinking about what a nice time it's going to be when everything all comes together. Who knows what our life will be by the time that we actually end up uh, coming together next year. Who knows? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be incredible, Kathy. I oh, did, and I'm like, uh, yeah, no, there's just all kinds of shit. I'm going to Minneapolis. I'm going to Memphis. There's oh, a wow. Lot of shit going on. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to New York yeah. soon for my B-Day. Let's see. Well... Here we are, two hours later. I should probably actually start to oh, jump shit. off. Really? Wow. No. I didn't yeah. even realize. How about that, everyone at home? Yeah. I hope you're still with us. Uh, Kathy, the intro song, we laid it out. I'll have to go back and listen to exactly what it was, but I know that it was the sound of the universe overlapping a song. Um, That's right. If That'll it, be the noise now. If we were closing out the program, um, what would you like the music to be? Um, you know... I feel like we need to like I want to give um, I want to give like a dedication to Nathan Fielder. I think mm -hmm. it should be thank you for letting me be myself or whatever. I'm gonna find it. Thank you for letting me be myself. Thank you. A few different be versions myself. of it. They're sign the Family good. Stone. Is that sign the? Family yeah, Stone? there's that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let me see if Perfect. I can. Uh, one sec here. One sec. One sec. Next time. Next time I'll read something. I read a poem Perfect. this time. Thank, <gasps> you, thank you, everyone. You <laughs> thank you, everyone at home. Um, man, I'll tell you what. I actually had. Let me just show Kathy here. I had oh, all... wait. Hold on. There's only one thing we didn't talk about. Yes. 
Kim Kardashian and Pete ah, Davidson. Ah, yes. So that's what I was about to say. Here's my giant stack of papers that I went unread. We'll keep that for next time. But here is the one on the top. Yes. Inside, so, Pete and how, uh, how, how did you take the news, first of all? <clears throat> I didn't know that it happened until I saw it, so that was fine. I was happy to be a little bit behind the curve on that news because I felt like I had been receiving notifications on like news things like too much on their relationship. So I was happy to find this one after the fact. But also, I was happy to see that everything was very amicable, and the only reason they split up is because their careers were kind of moving in different directions. They lived geographically on other sides of the country. Obviously, Pete Davidson is very attached to his mom and Staten Island and all that stuff. And uh, Kim is the queen of Los Angeles. So, um, Nine months after they broke the internet with a hot new romance, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson have broken up. It was an amicable split, says a Kardashian source. They had discussed ending the relationship a bit. It wasn't sudden. And it was mutual. Multiple sources close to the Skims founder, which I guess is <clears throat> how you should kind of, I mean, it's where she's making her cash these days. Uh, 41. And the comedian, 28 who enjoyed lavish vacations and didn't shy away from PDA over the course of their courtship. That's, yeah, a lot of their photos. Um, they say that busy work schedules and the challenges of a long-distance relationship, she lives in L.A., he in NYC, contributed to their breakup. Things heated up quickly at the beginning, and the insider says that the former couple who began dating last October after connecting when she hosted SNL. They traveled back and forth to see each other, but they've just gotten so crazy with work. Since his relationship with Kardashian went public, Davidson also struggled with the hateful and threatening comments and social media posts made by her ex-husband, Kanye West, with whom Kardashian has four children. Quote, the negativity from Kanye and his antics have been a trigger for Pete, and he's had to seek help, says a Davidson insider, noting that the former, former SNL star has been in trauma therapy since April. For her part, quote, Kim does not tolerate this kind of behavior from Kanye, says the source. Quote, she is completely supportive of Pete, and although the Kardashian source says that getting back together is not in the cards right now, insiders say there is no bitterness between them. Kim and Pete had a lot of fun together, the Davidson source adds, but the relationship just ran its course. And then there's a couple photos here of them, but uh, he's looking fine. He's looking exactly like he did when he was in the relationship, so I know that probably means he's fine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just uh, the biggest uh, uh, personality in the world. Uh, breaking up with an SNL comedian. I wonder what he feels yeah, like. Yeah, right? Speaking yeah. of SNL comedians. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're, gave me his impression, impersonation list before we go, Kathy. That'll be our final piece of content. Okay. The Pete Hold Davidson on. impersonation list. Let me go back to the SNL.wiki. <laughs> my new favorite segment is going to be us reading from our, uh, obscure wikis about facts about just anything. I'm going to start... Start reading the Stargate Pete SG1 wiki. Davidson. Controversial comments. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn demanded an apology from Davidson after an SNL sketch where he compared the Catholic Church to R. Kelly. Now, I think the difference is that R. Kelly has actually seen jail time. Do, 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 do. 
Kicking it back over to you here on Weekend Update. Yeah, back over here, Kathy, over here at my desk in Reality News. Uh, my reality schedule will be watching a little more uh, Braves baseball. I'll be watching a little bit more of... Um, oh, one, uh, one more thing before I go. Season one of Big Brother had a big old thing I've been wanting to talk about for weeks. I will talk about it next week because I'll probably be watching a little more Big Brother. But let me give you the short version, Kathy. Did you know that the very first person to get kicked off of Big Brother... Have you known, Do you know about the story of the first person who got kicked off Big Brother? It's way bigger than anything else that anything there's no bigger trick that's ever been pulled off in terms of just like uh, trying to get publicity out of a reality show as far as i know than this man there's no way and i'm really surprised that it didn't last as a big cultural moment um so i'll give you a quick quick preview the first person kicked off of big brother was uh an essentially undercover member of the national black panther party his name was uh william mega um uh, his, I believe his actual name was Hiram Ashante, um, which you can Google to find it. But he, he went by Will Mega on the show. Um, fascinating story. Um, Julie Chen does an extended interview with him, like following the episode where he gets kicked off. Uh, fascinating. 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 Okay, Pete Davidson's impressions include Takashi 69 Mm-hmm. It fits. Fits. Dwayne Chapman, aka as it is as he is known here on the SNL fandom, as I am about to tweet to you momentarily. Mm-hmm. Doug, Doug the bounty hunter. <laughs> he also portrayed Elian Gonzalez, which is really funny. Um he portrayed Joe Rogan, Marco Rubio. Joe Biden and Matt Gates. Okay, Matt Gates. Uh, that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi. That's really funny. Um, and somebody named the Island Boys. I'm not really sure what that is. A, a few others. But Island Boys. It appears. It appears that no. Uh, that that no. Pete Davidson has not done anything exactly problematic. Okay, uh, great. Maybe he has. At least it's not because of this. I don't know. Again. I'm not trying to cast dispersions. I'm sim- simply hedging my bit bets because I don't know anything. I know I know so little. I'm gonna copy this um, address. Hold on. I'm gonna click on this. I'm gonna copy this address at the top of the bar. First, I'm gonna pause this here, and then I'm gonna send you. I haven't watched this video, Kathy, but this is what the Are island. S- <coughs> but this is a music video from the Island Boys. <gasps> Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And, and it can be the outro we use now. Let's watch the video first together. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna click the video. I'm gonna mute I'm scared. it. Scared. And we're gonna watch I'm it for scared. a few seconds. Okay. This is what the Island Boys are up to. Oh my! They sure are. These are the island boys. Wow. This is what the island boys are up to. I feel like that's just going to be okay. us saying that for the next three minutes and 32 seconds, which is, wow, these are what the island boys are up to. <laughs> so... As this fades out, Kathy, 
we'll just let this play. I'm, the, the folks at home can hear this music video playing with its lyrics, I'm sure. Um, the show's closing. This is the song it's playing for us. <laughs> I... well, so that's what the island boys... <laughs> this is what the island boys like, by the way. <laughs> so, this is what the island boys are up to. <laughs> This is who Pete Davidson has has impersonated on SNL, one of the Island Boys. If they not, if they not, twins. Well, it did say, it did say Island Boys. It didn't say Island Boy. So I imagine he portrayed all of them somehow. I'm sweating through my shirt, thinking about the Island Boys. I'm in a I'm in a hot oh, fluster. Lord. I'm in a cold sweat, really, looking at the Island Boys because I don't know what to feel. <laughs> so many complicated feelings about the island boys. I'm having complicated feelings about who the island boys they are themselves, and if they are in fact island boys. Now, are they from Long Island? Do you think that perhaps the Long Island boys is their full portmanteau, if you will? I mean, it could be any island. I mean, it could be Survivor Island. It could be. The Isle of Right. It could the be Isle, the Isle of Man. They could be from yeah, right. yeah the Isle of Boys. <laughs> Boy Island. I. And so we have brought it all the way please. back to Lex Wexler and yeah, F. Jeffrey whatever. Epstein's Island and 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 everyone at home. <sighs> please forgive us. Please forgive us. We started at the beginning talking about how I offered a director um, a false identification and a ticket to go to Comic-Con so that he could present his own thing. Dan Trachtenberg, one day I will I will meet you well again and explain to you that I'm a real person now and that you inspired me to seek out film and then quit film. And then uh, and now here I am doing this with Kathy. So thank you. God bless us, everyone God bless and us, all. everyone. Goodbye, Kathy. Bye. I, I, I anticipate seeing you next week, and we'll be talking even more about the island, boys. Yep. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs>